Have you ever wanted to diversify your revenue streams for your food blog and to launch a digital product? If so, this episode is for you. I'm sharing the exact steps you need to take to create and launch a digital product in no time at all. Hey friend, I'm Madison Wetherill, a web designer and branding strategist for food bloggers and your host for the Vine podcast. This show is all about supporting you as a food blogger as you grow your business. I'll share tips for designing your business and your website with intention so that you can build a blog that fits into your life, not consumes it. You'll hear tips for connecting with your audience, growing your blog, and tips for managing and designing your website, all in short, easy to consume, and actionable episodes. If you're ready to think differently about the strategies and tactics that you need to grow your food blog, you are in the right place. I'm so excited that you're here, friend. Let's get started. Hello, food bloggers. Welcome back to another episode of the Vine podcast this week. I am so excited that you are tuning in today. And as always, if this is your very first time listening, just an extra special thank you to listening to this show. And I hope that you get a ton of value out of listening to it. Now, if you're brand new or if maybe you're like me and this podcast episode came up in your queue and you're wondering, what is the Vine podcast? Who is this lady behind the microphone? Well, let me do a quick introduction. My name is Madison Wetherill. I am the founder and CEO over at Grace and Vine Studios, and our small but mighty team specializes in building websites and brands for food bloggers who are looking to carve a niche for themselves to stand out as an expert in their niche and their field, and ultimately looking to increase their impact through their website and through their blog and what they are building in their business. Now, I have been talking frequently about a brand new way to work with us. So if you are a food blogger who has been looking to redesign your website, but maybe you are on a smaller budget or you've been saving up to work with either us or another web development firm for a custom website, I have amazing news for you. Our team has been working hard behind the scenes for the better part of the last six months to create a way of working with us that is taking all of our best tips, the best practices of the industry, and our combined 25 years of experience working in WordPress to create a new way of redesigning your website. And that is our crafted websites. Essentially, what it is, is a semi-custom way of working with us where we are able to refresh your website and bring everything you need up to speed with modern tools and practices that are not only going to serve your food blog right now, but for the long haul. And we are basically setting you up for growth and for success in this next phase of your food blog. One of the things that we like to say is that the theme and the website build that you have that got you here may not be getting you to that next level of success in your food blog. And that is exactly why we created these crafted websites to be able to support clients who don't have a custom website budget, but they need something that is better than a pre-made theme that looks like everyone else's. So if anything that I just shared resonates with you and you are interested in working with us, I would love for you to reach out. We have a very special promotional price for working with us in quarter four and getting started or getting your spot secured for quarter one. So please head over to our website and fill out our contact form. We can give you the information that way. You can also send me a DM over on Instagram at Grace and Vine, and I will make sure you get all the information you need, or you can just email us directly. There's a link in the show notes to do that. We are just so excited about this way of working with clients. We have been able to get some amazing results and build some amazing looking websites that are built with all of the things that you need for growth and success through this package. So 
we would be so excited to chat with you about our crafted website. So be sure to reach out so we can get you on the schedule. Now, over the last couple of weeks, I have been traveling. Ironically, I have gone to Nashville twice in a very short amount of time, about two weeks time. And for two completely different reasons, the first time I went out was for a homeschool conference and I basically turned that one day homeschool conference into a CEO weekend to really focus on my business and do some strategic thinking in my business. And then the second time that I went back was for a retreat that is part of a mastermind group that I am in. And both trips were just so great for getting me out of my normal routine, getting me away from you know the busyness of being a mom, homeschooling mom at that, just all of the chaos that comes with life. And it was just so nice to have that reset. And one of the things that I just kept thinking about over and over again was how good it felt to be in the CEO lane of my business and turn everything else off for a few days. And it was just a reminder for me, and I hope it will be a reminder for you as well, how important it is to remove ourselves from the day-to-day of the work that we do to run our businesses every so often, as often as you can, I would say, in order to be able to get clarity on where you want to go and where your business is going, or potentially to pivot if you are not a fan of where your business is going. So that is my little personal behind the scenes for today. And my encouragement to you, if you don't have a block of time set aside in the near future, in the next month or two months, to get into the CEO mindset and be really thinking strategically about your business Sometimes it's said that you want to work on your business instead of in your business. Whatever way you want to think about this, if you don't have that time on your calendar, I would highly recommend getting it on your calendar and making it a priority, especially as we go into a new year in just a few months. Now, one of the things that I have been thinking about a lot lately and something that I have become more passionate about lately is how we can, as food bloggers, diversify our revenue streams and build things that are not solely built on ad revenue. And it's interesting because I think there is this huge push in the food blogging industry to get to the point where you can qualify for ads. But oftentimes when you first qualify for ads, they are not necessarily paying a ton of money. So this level of success of qualifying for an ad network can sometimes be a little bit of a facade because again, it's not really going to be making you a ton of money. You're definitely not at a six figure mark when you first qualify for an ad network at the 50,000 session mark. And so I think there's kind of this elephant in the room that we don't talk about a lot, and that is other ways to bring in money in your business. Now, when I was doing a lot more of my my blog-heavy work back in 2015 to 2018, there was a huge emphasis in doing sponsored work. And that was kind of the way that people were making money through their blogs. And Now it seems like there's definitely a lot of those brand partnerships going on, especially for bloggers that are a little bit bigger. But something I've noticed is this shift towards wanting to have our own products. And that can be physical products. Or in this case, we're going to talk about how you can create a digital product, because I think there's a lot of mystery around how we do this. There's a lot of questions that come with it. And so I wanted to just break down the basic steps that you need to take in order to create a digital product. Before I jump into the points, one thing I want to say about this process is that for my perfectionist listening, myself included, we have to become okay with not putting out a perfect product the first time because you are going to learn so much through the process of just doing it and selling it or not selling it, depending on how it goes. 
And that is going to shape what you do in the future. So come along with me and for a little bit, just let go of whatever perfectionism you might be holding on to when you think about creating a digital product, because we're going to talk about being scrappy and doing this kind of in a way that gets it done quickly. And, you know, we still want to do it well and we want to represent our business as well, but we do not need to strive for an A plus product and for perfection. So we're going to go over eight things that you need to do in order to get your digital product created and launched. The very first step is going to be to decide what you want to sell. And really part one and part two of this go well together and you can't do one without the other. So the first step is really to decide what you might want to sell. And I want you to kind of get creative with this. I don't want you to go with your very first idea. This would be a great exercise to maybe turn on a 10 minute timer and just brain dump every possible idea you have about what you could do as a digital product. But while you're thinking about your ideas and things to possibly create, I want you to keep in mind what would solve your reader's problem because we don't want to create a product just to create it or just to have it. That's not going to solve our reader's problems and we want to think really strategically about something that might be easy for you, but others struggle with. Think about the questions that you've received over the years from your readers. Think about the content that resonates with your audience, the conversations that you've had in the past. And I want you to really step outside of your expertise for a minute because the things that are often easy for us are not easy for our readers. So we really want to be open-minded to the things that our readers struggle with and how we might be able to provide a solution. I want you to also really be mindful of not creating something that is too big for your audience to actually consume and benefit from. So often we go really, really macro when we're looking at creating something like this. And so we have something that has 50 different steps to it, or it's a thousand page guide I'm exaggerating there, but of course, that's sometimes how it feels to our readers when we are promoting these gigantic offers when really they just need a very simple solution to get them started. So we want to think about, I actually heard this analogy years and years ago, and I don't remember who I heard it from, so I'm sorry if I am stealing your idea. Just know this is not an original idea. But the idea was that you want to, instead of giving somebody the entire bag of potato chips, you want to just give them one potato chip. And that can sometimes be for something like a freebie for your email list, but it can often be for a product too. We can often think about what is one step or one part of this journey that I can help my readers with, and that's what we're going to create the product around. I want you to think of what things would be quick wins for your audience and things that would help them achieve a transformation that you can promise. So we want this to be something that is providing value, and creating a transformation for our readers' lives. So the part two to this that is really important to remember is before you decide to sell anything, I want you to ask your audience if they would buy it. Once you come up with your a couple, you know, maybe your two to three ideas, maybe you even have a favorite idea where you're like, this is what I would really love to create, go to your audience and ask if they would buy it. You can even consider pre-selling the product before you even make it. So when I first launched my Simplify with Gutenberg course, I actually pre-sold it because I did not want to put in a bunch of time creating the course if nobody was going to be interested and nobody was going to buy it. So I created a sales page. I outlined all of the modules that I was going to have and I sold it to, if I'm remembering correctly, it was probably 20 to 30 people that pre-bought the course. I did it at a discounted price and then I built it as we went 
And I had basically an already viable product because people had already paid for it. So it felt really good to be able to create the course alongside of people who had pre-bought it and were able to give me feedback along the way. So I was able to tailor the course specifically to what people were needing. And you can do the exact same thing with a digital product. It doesn't have to just be for a course. If it's something that you want to create, you can get people to buy it before it's created. You just need to be really clear about the timeline of when they will get the product if it is not created yet. But don't feel like you have to have it completely done before you sell it because it's really often better to have people who are putting money towards it to even give you some incentive to create it and to do it in a way that you know people are going to enjoy. The third step is to set a deadline. So whether you are pre-selling it or you are going to sell it, you know, before or after you've created the product, you want to have a deadline for yourself. And this is so important because it's going to give you what you need to work backwards from. Often if we have a goal of creating something and it's just a plan that we have in our mind, we don't really have the fire beneath us to make us work on it. And so it can often go to the bottom of the to-do list, the bottom of, you know, the quarter four plan, all the things. And so if you have a deadline of a specific date, you can then work backwards and chunk out the work that you need to do in order to get the project done. So now we have a product idea or we've brainstormed many product ideas. We've talked to our audience about whether or not they would buy it. And that has given us new iterations of our product. If they said no, or if they said yes, it will help us to shape what we're actually going to create. Then we have set a deadline for this project. The next step is to choose a platform. Now, the platform is wildly going to depend on what it is that you're creating, because something like a PDF download versus a course are going to require two completely separate platforms. However, I will say for a lot of food bloggers, what you might be creating is some sort of PDF download, whether that's an ebook or a guide or whatever, and something like ConvertKit or even Flowdesk actually have built-in software to allow you to sell it through your email list platform, basically. ConvertKit itself, I have had clients that have used that and have said it is so easy to set up. And what I love about it is that it integrates right into your email list without any you know, other integrations or needing to use something like Zapier to connect things. So it's just very simple to be able to set that up. Flowdesk, I have also heard does a very similar thing, but it is a different um, payment plan than the basic, I think it's like $40 a month for unlimited subscribers. And then there's also platforms like Teachable if you're doing a course, or even there is uh, platforms right within WordPress that you can use as well. Or there is something like SendOwl. There are so many different options for this, and you definitely can do some research within some Facebook groups to see what other food bloggers are using and really enjoying. But once you know what your product's going to be, you can pair it with a platform that is going to work well for you. So your next step is the really exciting part of this, which is creating the actual product. So step five is going to be create the product. And I want you to be okay with this being messy. You can always improve this and do version 2.0. You can always get feedback on it from your readers and then adjust it as you need to. Just know this is probably not going to be the last version of this product that you will create. So be okay with it not being an A plus 100% effort. Your next step is going to be launching to your email list. So I want you to think through two to three emails that you can send to your list. 
Something I want you to also remember in this process is that your email list is not going to see every email that you send. So two to three is really a very low amount of emails that you would send in order to launch this new product, but it's enough times that you're likely that most people who are interested and who would potentially buy it would see it, but you can increase this too. You could do something like five to seven emails and even, you know, use deadline timers and things like that in your emails to add some incentive for people to buy. But after you write these initial first set of sales emails, you're going to be able to turn that into something that you can use every so often. When you're writing these emails, think about covering the who, what, when, where, and why of your product. So you really want to have your emails fully flesh out what this product is, who it's for, why people should buy it, and all of that. You might also have an email in this series that is going to cover some objections that people might have. Now, if you are selling a $5 PDF, you know, temperature guide that someone's going to print out on their fridge, you probably don't need as many objections or FAQs and things like that. But if you have something like a course, this can be really valuable to help people make the right buying decision. And once you have this email sequence set up, you're going to be able to use this regularly in your emails in the future. So you want to regularly talk about your product Maybe you include it at the bottom of every email that you send out, or maybe you just reuse that email sequence that you set up as a sales sequence. Maybe you re-promote that every quarter as a way of getting new people to buy the product. Okay, step number seven is going to be promoting on social media. Think about how you normally show up on social media and how you would normally talk about things, whether that's an affiliate product or a new recipe or just telling a story. Think about the way that you typically connect with your audience and then promote your product in that way. Maybe you create graphics to share on Instagram stories. Maybe you create a feed post or a carousel post. Maybe you create a reel. I'm talking a lot about Instagram here because that's typically where a lot of us are showing up and connecting with our audience. This can work for Facebook too, though. Maybe you can create some pins to easily promote your digital product. And as we know with Pinterest, Once you create a pin, it can live on for a very long time. So that's a great strategy as well to be able to promote your product. And again, similarly to how it works with email marketing, your people are not going to see every single post that you share on social media about your new product. I know it is so easy for us to feel really timid when we are sharing something like a new product and asking people for sales, but it is something that our audience needs to be told over and over and over again. And if you go back to thinking about how we are solving a problem for your audience, it makes it a lot easier to want to share about it and sell it naturally without feeling gross and salesy because you know you are providing a solution to a problem that your reader has. And we do that all the time in our blog posts and in our content that we're creating. But for some reason, when we create a digital product, it all of a sudden feels like it is gross to be able to to be asking people to buy that. So just remember why you created this product in the first place, how it is helping your readers, and hopefully that will give you a little bit more confidence to share it naturally. And then the last but not least step is going to be adding your product to your website to promote it. Now this can be in a variety of ways. It's really going to depend on how your website is set up and how you want to do this, but you can think about things like adding it to your blog posts. Maybe you create a reusable block pattern for you to add into your blog post where it makes sense. Maybe you add it to your homepage if you want to kind of promote it as a standalone section on the homepage, add it to your about page, your navigation, your sidebar. You can see there's lots of places that we can add it to 
be drawing people into that naturally. This does not have to be something where you feel like it needs to take over the other sections of your website where you are promoting your blog posts, but it is a great way to use the real estate that you have on your website as it is and just promote this product that you know is serving your readers and helping them to see success in whatever area they need some support in. So I know I went through these super, super fast because there is, you know, there's eight steps, but if you listened to them, you probably noticed it was a little bit easier than maybe you were thinking. So to go through them really quickly again, first, you're going to decide what you're going to sell. Second, you're going to ask your audience if they would buy it and consider pre-selling it to them. You're going to set a deadline for yourself of when you're going to launch this digital product so that you can work backwards from there. You're going to choose a platform that makes sense for the type of product you're creating. Then you're going to create the product and you're going to be okay with it being messy. You're going to launch it to your email list, promote it on social media, and then add it to your website. I hope this took some of the mystery out of creating a digital product and hopefully gave you some encouragement to get this done. Even if you have a busy quarter four, like most of us do, this is still something that you could pull together before the height of quarter four season happens, or maybe you consider building up your email list in quarter four and then selling to your list in quarter one. Whichever way you go about it, hopefully this took some of the mystery out and I would love to hear the ideas you have for your digital product. So if you have a couple in mind and you're not sure which way to go, send me a message over on Instagram at Grace and Vine and I'd love to chat through it with you and just give you some support and encouragement as you go out and diversify your revenue streams and build a digital product. Until next week, friends, talk soon. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I would love for you to screenshot it and share it with a friend. You can tag me on Instagram stories at Grace and Vine. For the show notes for this episode, head to the vinepodcast.com. Talk soon.